Hey, welcome to the Lyric House Church podcast. Our mission is to host a house for him. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our live service. Make sure to check out our Facebook page for details about upcoming events and information on our small groups that meet throughout the week. Thank you for being part of our broader community, and we hope you enjoy this podcast. You are holy, worthy to be praised. And the chariots running, the horses come in. <laughs> Sounds like horses. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, guys. That was so good. Oh, I don't want to stop. <laughs> sure. Thank you, Jesus. He's good, church. Amen. Not just some of the time. It's all the time. We're the ones that come up with this some of the time joke. Separate ourselves. It's not what he intended. <sighs> the full-time lifestyle of knowing that you're loved by the one who laid down his life for you, who freely gave his life so that you could have life and life more abundantly. kind of love is that, you know? To lay down your life for your brother. Or to lay down your life for your Lord. Like how we were talking about Stephen a few weeks ago. Laying his life down for his Lord. So strong. <laughs> I'll grab a chair for you. Hi guys. So, um, how about that prayer room last night, Hayden? <laughs> He's still smiling. It was so good, so so good. It, I feel like it was exactly how. You envisioned it? Yeah? Yeah. And literally all night, Jason was like, I mean, he would wake me up with, I'm so proud of Hayden. And finally, I was like, I mean, I was sleeping. And I think finally, at one point, I go, I know. And he was like, why are you offended by me? Like, why are you, what's wrong? Weren't you excited? I was like, I, and then he woke up again this morning when we were laying in bed. He was like, I'm so proud of Hayden. Like, all of that was just flowing out of him. And the prophetic that happened that night, you guys don't let me know because I really can't talk about it yet, but it was nuts. So good. Um, anyway, it was really good, and we don't know when the next one will be, but it will happen. We all need to take a big deep breath and talk about what worked, what didn't work, but I mean, it was really, really good. And um, 
time. It's so funny because I had woke up the morning before and I was like, I need to, I just want to go be in some worship. And I was like, should I drive into the city to go to the prayer room or what? Like, I just want to go and, and I was like, it's just going to literally be at Lyric and tonight. And it was exactly what I needed. So it was really good. All right. Um, okay. I don't even remember what happened last Sunday. Oh, you did. Yeah. Um, and so the Sunday before that, <laughs> why are you guys laughing? Must have not been very impactful. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's not it. You know, though, I, I've heard Melissa say, like, I've heard everything Tim's ever preached, and that's kind of how it was. Like, I've heard Jason, any, everything Jason's ever preached. So it was, it's impactful. I'm just, yeah, heard it. It was good. It was good. Miranda, where are you at? Miranda, tell them it was good. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Miranda's his biggest cheerleader. She texted him, and she was like, it was so good. And he was, thanks oh, for cheering funny. him on. Anyways. Yeah, I know I'm just, just a monotonous that okay. gong. <laughs> 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 Not what it meant. I was just teasing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm just yeah. being silly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was already, like, on my face with this information. And yeah. now, it's yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're just resting in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Okay. Um. So before that, which I think was the week before that, I can't really remember, we had started on Acts 8, and um, we had started to talk about, we had talked about Stephen before that, and then we started to talk about how the persecution was now coming for the church as a whole, as a body. And so what we've been doing this last many, many months is we've been going over all of Acts, and so now we're in Acts 8, and we're just talking about the early church and what they, what it looked like and what they walked through. What's wrong? Why? Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about some exciting things today, and I have a lot to get through that I probably won't. So if you guys bear with me, <coughs> we're going to read um, just the beginning. In the very first eight five, Acts 8, 5, there it's, it's so rich. There's so much of even just this, um, uh, this passage right here. So if you can, turn to Acts 8, 5. Right, you guys there? Okay. Philip went down to them, down to the city of Samaria, and proclaimed to them the Christ. Okay. So what we're doing here is we're talking about a church that's been persecuted, and if you guys remember, where did I have it here? In I believe it's eight one. No. I don't know where it is right now. Oh, there it is. Um. And 8.1, it says, all the believers scattered into the countryside of Judea and among the Samaritans, except the apostles who remained behind in Jerusalem. Okay. So we're, we hear this word, um, apostles, and remember we had just come off of learning and finding the deacons. Somebody tell me what a deacon was. A servant. In our culture today, we hear deacon and we think somebody really important in church. And we think of somebody that's like somebody that everybody knows, kind of like pastor. We think that, oh, you're known, you're, you're like you're somebody. No, guys, that's not what it is. It means now we have responsibility. But in this culture, they would have known that deacon was a servant. It meant that you were serving in the body, in the church. It meant that you were maybe even 
um, sweeping the floors. It meant that you were helping the widows. It meant that you were counting the money to give to them. You were serving in the church. Uh, it's not any different today. We've just put a label on it. So we hear deacon and we think, oh, somebody important. Although he was important, I'm trying to just really make sure that you guys understand that, that this Philip was not Philip the apostle. This was Philip the deacon. One of the seven that was with was Stephen. And so he just watched his buddy, his fellow deacon, be stoned and martyred. Okay? So what happens then is by, I really don't feel like it was their choice to scatter, but they're being, they're being martyred. They're being killed. And so they chose that. We see here that the, the, the disciples stayed. They stayed in Jerusalem because they know there's work to be done. They're, they're up, coming up against the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious people. They're staying in Jerusalem to get the work done. And we see that the deacons are scattering. And so he's coming into Samaria. And um, as we're sending the church out, what we're seeing here is he's doing work for the Lord only because he loves the Lord. Like, we, I want you really to understand that this isn't like his job. This isn't something that he was maybe even sent out to do. He's being pushed out of Jerusalem, what he knows is home. And what he's doing is he's going into another city to share the gospel. This is like he, he's seen everything that's happened here. So now he's going to bring it to Samaria. And he's so excited. Remember last time we talked about he tasted something. He's seen something that he couldn't help. Like he had to go and share it. There was something that he found that he that was risk that he was willing to risk his life for but he didn't do it for attention he didn't do it for a label he didn't do it to be known in fact guys he had no idea that we would be talking about him right he didn't know that he'd be in scripture the same as paul paul didn't write letters to the church so that people could talk about him he did it because he loved them he did it because he wanted to help them this was simply just something that we they did and they walked in because it's who they are not because they were going to be noticed for it and w what's so interesting about that is so often we, the little things that we think are insignificant, the things that we think are small, are the greatest in the kingdom. And so I was reading about this lady named um, Fabiola. I don't know. That's my English version. What a cool name, though. If we have another kid, we'll name him We're Fabiola. not having any more kids. <laughs> Grandchildren. Hayden? Fabiola? Fabiola. Fabiola? Courtney? Fabiola? Where's she at? No, no, no. Okay. That one got shut down. <laughs> Fabiola. She is a wealthy woman. You're not going to see her in scripture. She didn't, she didn't make it in scripture. We see her in history. And Fabiola was, this was about three, 394 A.D. And Fabiola was a, a rich, wealthy woman who um, somebody told her about Jesus. Somebody along the way told her who he was and what this life was about. And so she decided, I want this. Sounds pretty good. We're talking about sharing the gospel. And what happened sounds with her? Familiar too. Sounds familiar, right? Somebody told her she, she found something that was worth living her life for. And now, she, again, she was very wealthy. She had money. And at this time, Honestly, still today, this is how people see it. She was highly esteemed because she had money. She had something what people thought was worth. And so what Fabiola did is she is known in history for actually starting a hospital in Rome. So she, with all of her wealth and all of her money, instead of just 
living this grand life, never working a day in her life, not worrying about anything, being able to buy the luxurious, uh, all the luxuries of the world, she decided, I'm going to serve the Lord, and I'm going to start a hospital in Rome, and we're going to see people. Um, I, I can imagine that there were signs and wonders. I mean, she loved the Lord. This was the ancient times of, of the early church. Like, well, I'm sure we were watching signs and wonders, but also we were seeing, um, you know, doctors and nurses come in at this time. And we just think that that's always just been. Like, we're like, oh, well, hospitals have always just been. Well, it started from somebody. It was a choice that she made. And so because of her choice, what maybe, maybe it seemed big. Maybe it seemed stupid. Maybe people told her she was nuts. We still today benefit from her choices. We still today have hospitals that we can go to. And listen, I'm all, I'm all for healing. I, like, I, am, I love healing. I believe in healing. We'll, watch, we'll wait for healing first. But hospitals are important, too. Like, we believe in hospitals. We're not crazy. And I love this story of her life that she laid everything down, and we are still benefiting from her today. She's still part of this early church structure of what she did. And there's so many people like that, guys. There's so many people in our history that we may never hear about and we don't know about, but they're still impacting us today. Okay. So in that first scripture, it says, so Philip, we know Philip's, Philip's a deacon. He's being pushed out. He's in Samaria. So when we talk about Samaria or Samaria, we typically remember the story of the woman at the well. Somebody tell me, what was that about? Who was the woman at the well? Mm-hmm. What did Jesus do? She um, was married several times. She was shunned by her community, and he met her there and asked for a drink. And she was like, why are you talking to me? And mm-hmm. um, then he started to minister to her and told her everything that she ever did, and her life was forever changed, and he told her not to tell anyone, so she ran and told everyone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds familiar, like everybody in Scripture. <laughs> yep, so the woman at the well, she was in Samaria. And so the disciples, remember when Jesus walked there and they were in Samaria, they were like, what are we doing here? Like, they were disgusted. These were the men that were walking next to him to share the gospel, but he makes it to Samaria, and even the disciples are like, what are we doing here? And Basically, Jesus is like, hush, I got, some, I got something to do. That go do some stuff, I got some stuff to do. And so we see that Jesus has already planted some seeds in Samaria because this woman at the well is from Samaria. And so now Philip's in Samaria. And let me give you some backstory about why they hated Samaria, okay? We see that, I don't, I don't remember what year it was, but it was early on, the Syrians came in and they took over <laughs> our children. That's our children. But we're so thankful that they have a room, aren't we? Yes, yes. Um, anyway, so we're in Samaria. The Assyrians took over. Now, the, Syri- the Assyrians, if you guys don't know who they were, they were awful, awful people. They were, they, um, were mean to God's people. They were just cold-blooded, awful people. If you also remember, like, think back to Jonah. They were the ones that Jonah was sent to. And, and they repented. They were the ones, um, a, a part of with Esther, with the Babylonians, okay? So these are awful, awful people that, uh, that the Jews did not like. They also were the ones that started and invented the crucifixion, so, which is a cruel, um, evil way to die. And this was, their, this was their heart. This was their mindset. They also were part of 
um, like child sacrifice, not good people. And they came in and they took over Samaria. And what they did is they sent in pagans into the land of Samaria. So, of course, anytime people are driven out, there's still some people that are left. So if they didn't, like, they didn't have anything there. They didn't have anywhere to go. They, they, a lot of times, like, they would stay in that land. And so we still seen that there was Jews kind of like the low, I hate to even say it, but it's just kind of like the low-end Jews, right? The ones that didn't really offer anything. And that what they ha- did is they intermingled and they intermarried with the pagans. And so this is now what we have, like half Jew, half pagan, which is really probably not living for the Lord at all. And this is kind of the people that, that the um, Judeans or the Jews didn't like. And, I mean, there's history there, right? Like there's history that goes back. Probably none of the people that were alive now knew or had been a part of that. But they took on this culture shaming and this um, identity that they, that like, we don't like them. They're less than us. And the disciples we've seen, they still walked in that. And so this is the people that Philip went to first. Like he comes out of Judea, he comes out of Jerusalem, and he goes straight to the people that that um, were looked down upon. It would take about, what, a day or so to walk there for? Yeah, it was about 22 hours walking to, so it really wasn't that far. Like I would say Lee Summit. <laughs> I mean, I'm not doing it, but... <laughs> I'd say Lee Summit. What do you guys think? I don't know. No, for it's Lee Summit walk further. Walk twenty-two hours. Warrensburg. Maybe. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> you can. <laughs> you did it. So what I'm just trying to see is it to Warrensburg? You think, or I'm trying to get a feel of how far. I guess it depends on how fast you walk and how many times Kay. you stop. Hayden. <laughs> Well, you throw that picture up. I'm stopping a lot because I need snacks and I need water. (laughs) Yeah. Do we have kids with us? I mean, it depends a lot. Yeah. So I want to show you this picture. (laughs) They're donkeys. We don't know. Um, I want to show you this picture. This picture. You see Jerusalem kind of right in the center of Judea. And then I just literally grabbed this really quick, guys. So if it's not. Like, if everything isn't perfect, it's the Internet's fault. I just grabbed it so you could see really quick where Judea was when I'm referencing Samaria. I could just look at things like that all day. It's so cool. Like, it it makes things make sense to me. Anyway. I thought she um, was looking at me. (laughs) Settle down. Okay. So you guys get the picture. (laughs) I can't take anything seriously. Um, you guys get the picture. We see what we're kind of, this is like our neighbors, right? Okay. All right. So we're going to move on. We know who Samaria is. We know who Philip is. Um, and I want to just touch on. Um, I'll go back to that. So you're hearing these words, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Does that sound like a scripture that anyone can think of? What? Say it louder. Yep. Yep, Jerusalem, Philip, Samaria. Yep. And this is the last thing that Jesus told the disciples. If you guys remember, we're going way back to the beginning of Acts. Jesus said, go and share the gospel. And so what we're seeing now is because of the persecution, because of 
of what they, ha- they came up against. Now they're actually walking what Jesus originally told them to do. He said, wait until what comes. Holy Spirit. They have had Holy Spirit for a little bit now, but they're still all just hanging out together in Jerusalem. They're not doing what the Lord had actually asked them to do. And so there's a little bit of pressure. There's a little bit of becoming uncomfortable. And we see that in this moment that this, what this pressure is now sharing the gospel, kind of like, like, a, like a bird that has to like throw her babies out. Sometimes they make it, sometimes they don't. But we all make it eventually. And what this reminded me of, I'm just thinking of how uncomfortable this had to be and how they had to be like, this, this doesn't make any sense. Because they're were they wondering, were they thinking, well, we were told to do this and we didn't do it? Or were they just like, oh, these horrible religious people, they're so mean to us, we better leave. Did they realize that this pressure, what, what the Lord was, that it was the Lord, that he was encouraging them, that he was pushing them out since they couldn't go? And, you know, and I was, as I was writing this, I started to think about how many times, and I want you guys to think about this too, how many times in your life that you know that the Lord said, spoke something, that he said something, you didn't have the answers to it. And so when we do that, we try to make sense of it on our own, right? And for some reason, we tend to think the most negative outcome. Not sure why we do that. But I remember, dur- like, COVID time, we, you know, we didn't have church, and it was just a really, really hard time. And I remember there was a lot of changes happening in that time and a lot of things um, that went down. And I remember the Lord, and I was just seeking the Lord and what he wanted us to do and what our next move was. Because we, we had a ministry that was a lot of fun, and, and um, we just had worship nights, and Tim would come preach, and we'd have people that come and lead worship, and we'd get to pray for people, and it was fun. And sometimes we traveled with it, but not really. Like, it was just super kind of relaxed and every once in a while, and, and we had a lot of fun with it. And um, so we come to this kind of crossroads where, uh, like, we're it's COVID and things are happening and things are changing, and we're serving in the local church at the time. And, and I just kind of remember just being desperate. Like, God, I know that there's something more. Not that I think he needs to be more, but in the earth that we have, that we can – that we can walk in, that we can share with other people. Like, God, I know there's got to be more. Like, that was kind of our heart's cry for so long. It can't just be church on Sunday morning. Like, there has to be more. And we kind of come to this crossroads. And I asked the Lord what was next. And he said, you need to lay your ministry down. And I remember thinking, like, that's not right. Like, I, I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense at all. I don't. God, that's like the last thing I want to do. And remember, before that, he had brought us out to Holden, and that wasn't what I wanted to do. Like, ev- you guys have all heard the story that I was like, I'm not moving to Holden. But then we fell in love with this house, and I was like, oh, fine, I'll move there. But then I told the Lord, because I think that I'm, like, important or something. And I said, okay, God, I, I will move there. Fine. But I'm not going to shop in the town. I'm not going to shop in the town, guys. We have a coffee shop. You guys have to piece this together with me, right? I'm not going to shop in Holden. I'm not going to send my kids to public school. My kids are in public school. And I'm not going to ever go to church there. It's just not going to happen, God. Okay. So the very, the very three things that I speci- was very specific about, I feel like he laughed at me. And I um, – He definitely laughed. He definitely <laughs> laughed. Where's your picture on your phone? <laughs> um, and I remember just like – 
not knowing any of that, but being set in this place where I didn't like, I didn't know anybody, or, you know, we didn't really have church, like, it was so there, and we're movers, like, we've got to be doing something, like, we've got to be, like, doing something, and when we're not, it's not a good thing, and so we're just, our, he- our, our heads are spinning, and we're just reeling, and I, I remember I went to Life Change, and I spent a, a couple days with the Lord by myself, no phone, no internet, which was awful, awful for me to do that, and all I could do was sit in the presence of the Lord, and it was hard. If you guys have never done that, I encourage you to try it, but it's very hard. And the Lord spoke, lay the ministry down. And um, so I came back, and I told Jason. He got mad at me (laughs) because he didn't want to do that either, right? And, um, you know, we told people close to us. They were mad at us, probably still mad at us. And so what we did, what the Lord said to do, and it didn't make any sense. And I remember... I remember going to Hobby Lobby and um, with my mask, with my map mask, it was a map, <laughs> and looking at um, like a map of the world and crying in Hobby Lobby, but I could kind of hide it because I had a mask on, because if you can't see my mouth, you can't see that I'm like, yeah. And so I'm like crying, walking down, and I'm like, God, everything is done. Like, <laughs> so dramatic also. <laughs> Like, everything is over. We're never going to travel the world. We're never going to be evangelists that get to go share your gospel. The people in India will never know you because we can't have our ministry anymore. I said I was dramatic, okay? And so I'm just feeling all these certain ways, and and I wish that I could be like, and then the Lord wrecked me in Hobby Lobby. And no, that's not what happened. I went home crying. And during that season, and it's so funny how it's hard to even remember times now because it just is. And so during that season, I was just sad and upset, and, and there was so much going on in the world. And I remember driving through Holden, hating on Holden, poor Holden, and the Lord kind of just checked my heart, and he was like, Brooke, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why don't you, I need you to bloom where I've planted you. I need you to, I need you to see what I'm doing here. And it, and he was like, start saying good things about Holden. Like looking around. Uh, the bistro is really good. (laughs) (laughs) And it changed my heart all along. Jason's like, I love this town. This is my town. (laughs) Like singing and love this town. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then I would roll my eyes much Uh, like I'm doing now. And he's, you know, he's loving it. And, and I start to just get this heart for it and change and renew my perspective. Uh, not having any idea, guys. It wasn't like God spoke to me and he was like, and you're going to have a church and your kids are going to do well in public school and you're going to have this coffee shop that gets to reach people. Uh, nothing, guys. Like that was the least, like the very last thing. We were just trying to survive during COVID. It, we had no idea what he was going to do. But I needed to make that first step of okay, and it was in my heart. It was okay, Lord, I trust you. And I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what this means. But I'll lay our ministry down, which basically meant shutting down the Facebook page. (laughs) I mean, it was COVID, so it wasn't like anybody was inviting us (laughs) anywhere Um, or much before that. So, you know. Um, But it it was a heart thing. It was a heart check. It was this heart posture of, okay, Lord, this, this is yours, and you can have it. And um, because you have to understand, this scripture here is like the evangelist scripture. Go into the earth, guys. Like, 
it was it was what this idea that I thought identity that I thought that we had like this is who we are this is what we do this is what God's called us to and it's taken like so many little pieces of him to be like hey chill out let me do something let me show you like let me show you where I want you and need you to be and where you're going to be the most um fruitful is that okay of course if he would have said it like that that would have probably been helpful but it was about me laying it down, being obedient to what he said, even though it didn't make any sense, even though it seemed like everything was ending. And then now we get to walk, and we get to continue to walk in that. And so I think so many times we hear this scripture, and we think, okay, well, then we have to go. Like, we have to go out, and that's beautiful. Do that. Yes, if God is calling you to do that, you absolutely should do that. But what if we kind of looked at it at a perspective of if Jerusalem is our family, this is the people that I'm closest with, the people that are kind of next to me, so my children, Jason. Like, is this my Jerusalem? Because biblically, we are Israel. Now we are Israel. Yeah. And so if we're looking at it like if I'm supposed to go into Jerusalem, that I'm going into my family. If, we're, if, we have, if you're a homeschool mom, you're doing this. You're walking this out. You're walking out what the Lord is saying. If you're bringing your kids to church, if you're if you're ministering to your church, your kids to school on the way or you're you're ministering to your kids on the way to school. Like this is what we're doing. We're we're being the church. We're being Christ to the people close to us. And so with Judea, what if we looked at that like our community? What if that was our acquaintances like um, the people at Jamie's place that we happen to know? You know, we know their name, but we don't know anything about them. Uh, the, the, like the people that check us out at, yo, like wha- what if those are our J- Judea? We didn't have to go all the way out to Africa to share it with them. What if we just said something about the Lord? And we don't have to be weird. We don't have to be like, yeah, I, I know I'm the last one to talk about being weird. But we don't have to make this a huge thing, guys. We can be the church. We can be the body. We can go and talk about the Lord without making it something huge. And we talk ourselves out of it. Like we, we get in the car and we're like, I'm going to go in. I'm going to do it. And then by the time we get there, we're scared and we don't talk about him. What else is there to talk about? I don't care about the roast in my cart, really. Lisa can cook it. I want to talk about Jesus. She's lying. She does too. <laughs> and what if Samaria was the people that you're uncomfortable with? What if it's the mom in the classroom that's like the perfect Pinterest mom and she's got it all together and she makes the cute little like juice boxes with the eyes and the wiggly things. I don't know. I don't, you know, no, I, yeah, it's you. Oh, it's you. <laughs> it's not me. I bought something off Amazon probably. It's the mom that we feel like, oh, just can't stand her with her blah, 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 blah. Like we do it guys. Come on. Or it's, um, other churches like why do we do that with other churches like why do we feel like we're distant or disconnected from people in other churches just people that we're uncomfortable with people that are outside of acquaintances maybe the guy that's on face on the Holden page is always causing trouble we all know who we're talking about here why (laughs) (laughs) what if he was your Samaria what if that's what God is saying what would change and then the ends of the earth people with different religions we get so weird about it we get so uncomfortable with people that don't believe what we believe or if they're not the same um like political group that we're in it's hard to be in a room with people talking why why is it and i get it i understand 
But why are we doing that? What is it? Why are we choosing to, to keep this to ourselves and not share it with people when God is saying, go and share? And we think it has to be this like super crazy, expensive thing, and it could be right here. Be right where we're at. You know, as I'm, so we're, I'm studying out, I'm chronologically going through the scriptures, and I'm in, um, I, w- I was in Genesis, and I was in Job, and I'm kind of stuck there in Job for a little bit. But um, as I'm learning about Abraham, I'm learning about these different men in scripture. What I found was that Jesus himself didn't go outside of a hundred mile radius of where he lived. Now, we're not really talking about where he was born because it was a little bit further than that. But where he ministered to, he didn't go outside of a hundred mile radius. This is where he stayed. This is where he shared. And so he shared it with the people closest to him so that then then they could take it to the ends of the earth. Could he? Sure. But I think he had the most fruit. It was the most impactful when he stayed in that area. But I want to make sure that you guys understand that this isn't this isn't a race. Like we're not trying to we're not trying to get somewhere. This isn't some huge accomplishment. Like it's not. We don't, you, don't, you, you don't see that we don't have the sign on our wall that t- talks about how many salvations or how much you tithed or how many people came in on Sunday morning because it's not a competition. It's not a race. Right? We're not doing this to prove something. We're doing this to share and move the gospel on the ground. Like we're trying to get his name out there. It's a marathon. Yeah, but also not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I'm here for it. So some plant, some water, and some reap. And I know that sometimes that's really hard for us. But do you think that when Jesus left Samaria, and then he's watching as he's interceding in heaven for him, he's watching Philip go into Samaria, and Samaria is now reaping what Jesus sowed. Do you think that Jesus is jealous of that? Do you think that he was like, dang it, Philip, why'd you get to lead him to me? Like, why do you get to baptize him? I think probably not. Do you think that the apostles were like, dang it, we didn't have the chance to get there, and Philip came in before us and got everyone baptized? I don't think so. I think that we're all on the same team, and everyone was excited as they heard, as they were getting letters back, and they were hearing this what what Philip was doing and they were thinking about how Jesus planted the seed and now it's being watered and being harvested. And that just reminds me of how easy people like want to give up and how when we don't see something right away, when we don't see fruit from something, we want to just walk away and be like it's too hard. And I get it, guys. Like I get it. It's very very hard sometimes. But I really feel like the Lord was saying, what he was speaking to me in this is don't give up. Keep going. I know it's hard. Don't stop now. You're just starting to see it. You're just starting to see some fruit. And guess what? You might take a step back. And it might sometimes seem like nothing happened out of that. And then you're going to see a step forward. Don't give up. Keep going. It's worth it. I always wish that I get to see the people that like that we minister to, like the people that we've ministered to, I would love to be able to see them find the Lord. Like I would love to be the one that baptized them. I would love to be the one that walked it out with them. Like it's and it's really great when you get to, right? Like it's really good. But that's not why we do it. We are called to be like plant the seed, l- see what the Lord does. 
Okay, we're moving on to six. You guys good? Okay. And the crowds were eager to receive Philip's message and were persuaded by the many miracles and wonders he performed. And seven says, okay, guys. We're going to make you uncomfortable. Not you guys. You guys are used to this. Seven says, many demon-possessed people. <laughs> were set free and delivered as evil spirits came out of them with loud screams and shrieks and many who were lame and paralyzed were also healed okay hmm. this is the God of, this of scripture this is what God is saying that he wanted in his word for us to hear so if it says that many demon possessed people were set free and delivered and many people who were lame and paralyzed were also healed do you think that he kept that just for Philip? No, you guys. It's for us today. We get so weird about this stuff. Like, we, we get so caught up in, and do we not read it? Like, are we, do we just pass through it and think that that was a time for ancient times, that that was something that we don't see, see today? But then we talk about demon possession. We talk about people being set free, and then, and then everybody freaks out. Somebody speaks in tongues, and everybody freaks out. Like, we see somebody healed, and I feel like the church in America is a little bit more okay with that. Like, they're okay unless it's crazy. Like, if they're standing up, walking out of a wheelchair, then it's a little bit too much, and th those people must be weird. But we hear things like this in Scripture, and it's beautiful to read. It's beautiful to think at one time, but we can't receive it today that this is actually happening. We, and we can't, we can't believe it. Tim said something the other day. I can't, I'm not going to be able to say it like he said it, so I'll just kind of say it in my own words. He said, wouldn't the enemy like for you to believe that this wasn't real? Isn't this exactly how the enemy, if he wanted you to believe something, that he would try to turn churches against each other, and he would try to convince you that this wasn't real, that this wasn't the God of today? So when we hear when we're when we're divided as a church as churches when we're divided about if people still get de demon possessed and we can still um, see them set free when we're divided on what like speaking in tongues is and when we're divided about healings we're literally letting the the enemy win. So why don't we press in? Why don't we instead of just believing what our pastors tell us or believing what we hear or believe not maybe even not believing if we weren't raised like this instead of just being like, well, I've never heard of that. I don't know. I've never seen that. Why aren't we then studying our scriptures out and seeing it for, for ourselves? And uh, you guys are. Like, you guys are amazing. I get it. You guys are. But we have to talk about this because you guys are going to come in contact with people that are like, that's not real. Or you're going you're gonna to hear things that people think we're weird because we believe it. Like, you have to be able to say, well, it says in Acts right here in Acts 8-7, that we walk this out and this is the early church guys this is the church this is after jesus has come and ascended and given the holy spirit we're walking in these signs and wonders and at eight it said this resulted in an uncontainable joy filling the city they're in straight revival like i want to go like this sounds so much fun this is i would be right in the center of this these people you know how jason skipped did you guys see him skip earlier that's these people right now. Like, they are losing their minds. They're having the best time of their life. Like, they don't care. <laughs> oh, great. Wonderful. 
We, I mean, this is spreading like wildfire. They've found, they've tasted, they've seen. There's this man named Jesus that they can't contain, that they were in love with, and they are, they're walking and they're seeing these signs and wonders, not only because he performed signs and wonders, but because they found something that they wanted to live for. And we see that because in 9 it says, there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. And 10, they all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. So this is Simon Magus, M-A-G-U-S, Magus, however you say it. There's many Simons in scripture, so don't get them confused. And this man, not only do the people think that he is um, like God, he himself is saying, I am like God, because he is a sorcerer. He's a magician. And understand back then, like, it's not necessarily the same as today. Like, when you guys, when we see magic today, we know it's not real, right? You guys good with that? You know magic's not real. Yeah, sorry. Like, it's all pretend. Back then, they really thought it was God's being, like, being used by God. And I'm going to, like, maybe they were. Not Yahweh, but the Elohim, the gods of the world, right? We know that was a thing. We'll talk later. Um, Were they um, all-powerful? No. Were they Yahweh? Did they create the earth? No. But this is what we're walking in. In these ancient times, they believed in the gods. Everything they did, they thought if it rained, they could sacrifice. And if it they, they would sacrifice something to get it to rain. And if it took forever to rain, they w- I mean, they, there was child sacrifice, like they child sacrificed their kids to get it to rain for their crops, guys. Like this is what we're dealing with this in the area. Like they thought that gods brought rain and brought provision. And so they were excited about this sorcerer. Like they believed him and they, w- they would follow him and they put him as highly esteemed. What he was he was getting money out of it. Like this was his source of income. Of course he was lying. And so he would not only did he lie about it, they would actually give like drugs to con- like you would take this drug. I don't know how they gave it to you. I don't know who would be stupid enough to do it. But they would give mind altering drugs to make you think that the sorcery was real. Well, that stuff still happens today. I mean, when we were over in Benin, Africa, you know, the witch doctors, they would do that stuff. And people would come and give them chickens and goats, mm-hmm. you know, and for juju beads and all this stuff to try to <laughs> yeah. do miraculous things, yeah. you know. Like when we were ministering to people, we were ripping the beads off of them. And God was showing up and doing healings and different miracles. It was awesome. Yeah. It was Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. He's mighty. Mm-hmm. You say. I'll take off. I'm good with it. You guys good with it? They're good with it. We spilled it out. You're still doing it. Yeah. Are we good? This is our, we found in our relationship that I have to just stop talking sometimes because I like to talk a lot. 
So I just have to stop so that, and then like he blows all of our minds. So oh. that's anyway. Okay, so here we are. We are seeing um, um, that they're all paying attention. And so in twelve, it says, "But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women." And thirteen said, "Even Simon the sorcerer himself believed." And after being baptized, he continued with Philip and seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. So it says that he was baptized. And so, and also if you go and you look back on nine, it said um, a man named Simon who previously practiced magic, okay? Because this guy is really finding the Lord, like he's wanting to, he's, he's wanting to walk this out. Does he still have a little, like he's still got the world inside of him and he's wanting to walk this out. He's trying to walk it out. And so he gets baptized. And guys, the thing is, Philip wouldn't have baptized him if he didn't truly believe that the Lord, that the, the, or that this man was repentant and wanted to know the Lord. And so he's, he's walking this out. And um, we're going to see in a little bit something interesting that happens. But I want to go into 14, where it says, Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them, to, they sent to them Peter and John. Okay, so we have some apostles on the scene. Peter and John are like, let's go. Like they've, they've packed up. They're going to Samaria. They're so excited. They can't wait to see what Philip is talking about. Like they want to go be a part of um, what's happening there. They, I, I'm sure they have things that they're like um, bringing to them. They have resources. Uh, again, this was like a poor, a poor area. And they have knowledge and wisdom, and they're so excited to go see their new brothers and sisters. Um, and so it says in 15, who came down and prayed for them? So Peter and John, they're coming to pray for them, and that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Hmm. That's different language. Let's keep reading. 16 says, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord. Hmm. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Well, that's weird. It said that they were already believers and they were baptized. And so they had to be believers. What is this Holy Spirit that we're talking about? Hmm. How we find out? You guys already know. I'm just teasing you. Okay. So. That word there, received, is lambino. Lambano? Oh, sounded very, like, Lombano. Spanish. Lambano? That word, received. So they laid hands, so the, the disciples laid hands on them to receive the Holy Spirit. It's lambano, and lambano is to take in order to carry away. So you're taking something that you can keep so that you can take with you, and it's to claim for oneself. So it's mine now. It's my Holy Spirit. It's inside of me. It's him who lives inside of me. But understand that this was something that the Samaritans still needed. Like they had, they're learning about Jesus. They're, I'm sure that Philip had started some sort of like Christianity 101. You know, we have the Didache that they're sharing and we're doing, we're living, they're, they're giving and they're sharing. But there was something still left that they needed to come and receive. And so interesting to me that when we heard about this, how foreign it seemed, how crazy it seemed that the Holy Spirit was this infilling separate from salvation, although it is salvation. Hold on, I'm not done yet. 
and how foreign it seems to other people. That this is probably one of the greatest controversies that you'll hear. Like so many people will be like, I've never, I have no idea what you're even talking about. Or so many people will be like, no, that's not a thing. That's not real. But we see it right here. They literally had to come and lay hands so that they could receive the Holy Spirit. It's in clear language. Receive means to take on, to receive, to take as one's own. I don't know any way to argue that. And you can try to look at different ways and try to say, I, I don't know. I looked into all kinds of different commentaries of people trying to argue what this is, and none of them actually made any sense, but they felt like it did. And so, I don't know. Good for them. Um, but again, this is exactly what the, holy, what the enemy would want for us to believe, is that we can't have the power of God inside of us, that he doesn't reside, that he wasn't a gift from God to us. And so we see throughout Scripture that the Holy Spirit starts by hovering. You guys remember this Scripture? Like a dove, he came on Jesus. That that word dove means dove. <laughs> but, got to blow your mind there. It says like a dove. Is this a dove? But the word rest, or you'll, like some uh, translations say that it rested. Some will say that it was lighting. Some will say what? Um, you guys know what scripture I'm talking about? Uh, Matthew 3.16. When Jesus was being baptized and the Holy Spirit came on like a dove, um, there's different wordings. But when you look up that word, it means to be established, no, become known, or to come or fall into. So it's saying now that the Holy Spirit, we see it as, like we see, like we'll read it in our language and we see that it says rest, that he came and rested. But the word lighting is to come and fall into. The Holy Spirit came and fell into Jesus. It's Jesus. Like, how much more could he believe and have faith? Like, it's Jesus. And even Jesus had the Holy Spirit lighting and coming into. So we see that he had once started as hovering. He was hovering over the face of the earth. And then he comes down, he comes towards, and ultimately he comes in. This was his plan all along. This was part of spirit, soul, and body. This was part of him saying, hold on, I'm going going to go be with the father but i have something wait for it and now they have it they don't have to wait anymore in the old testament we see that the holy spirit would rest on its prophets that was how they would prophesy and then it would be taken back we see that it, um john the baptist was if you guys remember back there that he was filled with the holy spirit in the womb and jesus and um, mary and john's mom elizabeth thank you um, their bellies touched, and John leapt in the womb when he was filled with the Holy Spirit. We see these different places in Scripture, but we're not understanding what God was trying to say. We gloss over things like this because it's so easy just to stay in our world of we have everything we already need. We do. And so how did they do it? How did they do it? They came and they laid hands to receive the Holy Spirit. They came and they said, you guys want this? And they were like screaming. I mean, like if, if I paced, imagine what they were doing, running, like running the halls. That's probably where that came from. That's probably where it came from. It's that state. Anyway, um, they're so excited to receive the Holy Spirit. I can imagine that they're like me first, getting in line. I don't know. Was it this like mass room, this conference of people? I don't know. What do you think? I think there was a ton of people. I just see it as just people everywhere. It's really hot. Is that heat on? 
Lord, Lord. I think we had it this week, the Lord. All right, well, when I pass out, it's actually from being hot, not the Lord. So nobody catch me. Um, we see in Acts 9 and 1 Timothy 4 and 2 Timothy uh, 1 that there's different laying on of hands. Like this is in the Bible. We see that it's very normal for them to receive by laying on of hands. Is that the only way to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? No, it's not. We don't put him in a box. Like he's not in the box anyway, but we can't put him in a box by saying this is the only way that this works. We see in throughout scripture different ways for the Holy Spirit to come. But with this understanding of it's a gift, like this is God himself saying, I have something for you. I want to give this to you. You can't work it. Like you can't do anything. And so we even ourselves want to get like super spiritual and be like, it has to be this certain pastor or this certain charismatic evangelist that can lay hands on me. I'm waiting until he can do it. What are we doing when we think that it has to be somebody like in particular, why do we think that it has to be somebody really important? It's a gift from God. We can't work to get it. I'm almost done. Um, Tierra, do you want to come back up real quick? And I don't know if you guys had a third song, if you just want to play whatever you want to do. I want to do something here. Because we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. We've we have um, we have explained um, in the beginning of Acts what it looked like when Jesus said, my Holy Spirit's coming, wait for it. We've seen that when it said that there was tongues of fire, and understand that when it talks about fire, that's what he's talking about, is God coming in. Um, Shiloh read it earlier he in Revelation, whatever, Revelation, one of those really cool ones. Um, we see you don't have to you don't have to remember it's okay. Uh, we see that. Um, hold on, I have a scripture that I want to read. That when it's talking about Jesus, it's he's he's. Thank you. No, that wasn't it. That's a different. Uh, th I'm talking about something different. Sorry, I know I'm not explaining myself very good. Yeah. Yeah. So we see that um, when we're talking about God here, when we're talking about God himself, because I want you to have an understanding that the Holy Spirit is God himself, that this isn't, that, that, that what we try to call the Trinity, that's not actually a word in scripture, the Godhead, Jesus, Holy Spirit, God, are three in one. We're not trying to say that this is something separate in the sense of their different um, and attributes and character. This is God together. This is God holy. And what we see in Ezekiel 1, it says, And the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. Wind came, and fire flashing forth. The same vision that they saw in Acts, whenever the Holy Spirit rushed in, they saw tongues of fire. And they would have known this, guys. We don't know our scripture as well as they would have. They knew this. Like, they knew what this was referring to. They knew what they were seeing. They understood it. They were part of it. This was their culture. But still so probably so hard to believe that it was actually happening. Because they thought that when Jesus would come that they would make them all kings of, of the Romans or that they would take over politically and financially. And so what they're finding is that this was something entirely different than what they had imagined. Like it wasn't 
power, and there wasn't authority, and it wasn't money. What then could have drawn them to live this life? That they were willing to be stoned, that they were willing to leave if they knew, what could it have been? You guys want to stand up with me? When Jesus saw brokenness, he entered into it. When he saw hunger, he fed it. When he saw loneliness, he invited the people to join the family. And so I just want to have an invitation of um, inviting anybody up that is like, Holy Spirit, like what is this infilling that you're talking about? What is this baptism of the Holy Spirit? But I'm intrigued. This is something that has sparked something in me, and I don't have all the answers. Maybe like Simon didn't have all the answers, or he wasn't the best guy. We'll talk more about him next week. But what was it that they laid down and they said, I want the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go into some worship, and I'm going to invite you guys up that say, you know, I've heard of this, or maybe this is the first time, or I've heard somebody talk about it, or I read this in Scripture, and I didn't understand what it meant. I knew it had to be something. I'm going to invite you up, and I know it's, it's hard to come in front of a couple of people here. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. I don't know about you guys. But if there's a part of God that he has for me, I want every part. Every day, I want to know him more. Every day, I want to seek his face. Every day, I want to know about his history, what he looked like, how he talked, what his culture was like. I'm seeking and I'm finding that, you guys. Jason and I are going to stand up here if anybody else on the prayer team wants to come up. And if you're like, I think maybe, I, I don't know. Like, it doesn't have to happen like this. You can lay at home and ask the Lord to fill you. But if you're like, no, I can't go anymore. God, I know you've drawn me. I know you've, you've been planting the seeds. I know that you've been speaking some things, and this is the opportunity to do that. And it's a little uncomfortable, and it's a little outside of your comfort zone. Welcome to Lyrics, what we do around here. So we're going to stand up here, and we're going to pray. We're going to wait on the Lord to do what he wants to do and give him space because it's his anyway. And so if you've been heard it for the first time, wondering if you've read it, or maybe you thought, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe I have, maybe I haven't. Or if you're like, I need a touch from the Lord, like I just want the Lord, I just want his presence. We're not talking about salvation, guys. I'm not saying that you have to lay on the floor screaming in tongues. Well, that's, that's really cool. Just saying let the Lord be who he wants to be in your life. Yeah, stand up.
you guys ask the Lord himself if you need it and what you need. You need a fresh infilling. You need the Holy Spirit. If you've never been baptized by the Holy Spirit, come up here right now. Because you need it. It's what radically changed Tiffany's life. And I know there is a few of you in here that want to come up here right now. And you're contemplating in your mind, oh, I don't know. But just come on. We're bold. We're bold like lions. Those of you that already are filled, begin to just pray. Just thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your spirit, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for filling us up to overflowing. Thank you that your presence just flows around us and in us, God. He is the one that draws you.
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Lyric House Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you, and we encourage you to share with your family and friends. Remember, the gospel is good news, and good news is worth sharing. If you want to get involved or see what's happening next, make sure to follow us on social media. Until next week, we love you and God bless.